Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Living on Rocky Top. I'm Karsten Hoagland. And I'm Ayla Rosa. And today with us, we have Beth Haynes, a former anchor at WIR and alumni of UT. What's happening? Thank you. Yes, thank you. Let's go Vols. I yes. love it. The Tennessee top. Uh huh. Uh huh. The hat, I should say. Yeah. The hat again, the spirit. The lid is the cool kids Ready for homecoming week. Yeah. Hey, this brings back a lot of memories. Um, <laughs> I graduated in 98. And I was on all campus events um, my junior and senior year, and we helped plan homecoming. Oh, awesome. And we were over the homecoming parade, and I was tasked with the challenge of getting John Ward. I had secured Voice of the Balls, John Ward to be, and I was thinking about this on the way over, either the announcer mm -hmm. for the parade or a judge for the parade. But that vivid memory sticks out. I'm kind of walking in front of the architecture building, walking down to meet him. And I have his folder ready, and I was so worried he might not show. So anyway, yeah, it's great. I love being back on campus. It's busy. I think it was class change. I was trying not to hit any student uh -huh. pedestrians. Bring back memories. <laughs> yeah, it does. It really does. And being here in College of Communications, I've spent a lot of time in this building. So yeah, I guess it was my second home mm -hmm. when I was in college. So what is uh, the communications building and being back on campus, what kind of memories does that bring back to you? Well, initially walking in, I had a bit of a, a panic. I was like, oh gosh, do I have my sign done? <laughs> Am I ready for that test? Do I have that package finished? Right. Um, uh -huh. I think the what, two memories for me, um, Dr. Sam Swan was uh, just such an asset and mentor for me when I was a student. He uh, has retired since, but I spent a lot of time in his office trying to guidance mm -hmm. and counsel. <laughs> is this going to work? Am I going to get a job? This industry's tough. Um, so that that sticks out, just conversations with him. Um, also, our final broadcasting class where we produced, we called it Tennessee Today. I don't know if that's still the name of the news show, weekly news show that's no, produced. No, it's called Wall News now. Wall News. That's yes. Good. That's a better name. I like that, Wall <laughs> News. So we would take that every week. Mm -hmm. I would pair up with another student. We would gather and do research, uh, write, produce, I think, a package a week. And then I helped anchor what is now Wall News. So we would come in and, and tape. So I have vivid memories of that. I have memories of being in one of the edit bays, makeshift edit bays, I will say, because <laughs> I'm looking at your gear and I'm so impressed. I really wish you could see kind of what I had to work with and um, <laughs> learn the, the craft with. And I do remember checking out one of the cameras and tripods and taking it right here on the lawn my very first time trying to figure out, okay, how, how do I get the camera? attached mm -hmm. to the tripod mm -hmm. and I, I knew nothing about shooting and editing um, and you know I really say my internships uh, I was interned at Channel 10 I interned at Channel 6 and then my first news stations were great training ground mm -hmm. um, they were small markets Hopkinsville and Macon Georgia but we had big news stories and you hit the ground running. So you, you learn pretty quickly what not to do uh, and, and how to do your job properly. Right. But I brought back blue video one time. That's all it took, one time. So, and it was pretty, it was a little more rigid. It was hard when, when I got into news. Uh, you know, it was very cutthroat. You had to have really thick skin. You worked long hours, you were gonna work weekends, you were gonna work holidays. I remember sending out tapes back then, 
Again, I graduated in 98. Can you imagine? Okay, you all are going to laugh. I remember being a junior in college and being assigned something called an email address, <laughs> something for the internet. What, what, what is this? It was some kind of internal communication form within the university. Mm -hmm. It was just a fad. Nobody mm -hmm. was, it wasn't yeah. going to take off. Right. Like, pigeons weren't working that day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Websites. I don't remember having a website attached to a news station until I was in Macon, Georgia, and that was my second TV stop. Wow. So when we would apply for jobs, you would put your reel together, mm -hmm. you would edit it onto a VHS tape, <laughs> you would print out your resume. I didn't have a website. Again, we didn't really have the internet. Mm -hmm. Websites weren't a thing. And you would package it all up, take it to the post office, and literally mail it, wow. snail mail. Wow to news stations. And then you would pray just somebody got it. It didn't yeah. end up in the trash. Uh, so very different. And even finding jobs, that now you just you know, go online. Right. You connect or, or LinkedIn. You know, let, yeah. let me go find my favorite reporter or favorite anchor. Let me mm -hmm. just reach out to that person. Mm -hmm. We never had access like that. So it's an exciting time. Yeah. LinkedIn is huge. Yes. I'm, I think that's a wonderful, wonderful platform. And I think college students should be very active on it just as much as other social platforms. And I know it's a lot. It's, it's hard to manage and keep up and be visible and um, intentional and yeah. relevant. Right. <laughs> and you're just humble bragging the whole entire time. You're like, I did this. I did this. I don't say that was tough for me. I, um, I do not like self-promotion. I don't either. I don't. I, I hate it. And you know, I'm from a different generation too. Mm -hmm. Younger generations, we would joke in the newsroom and I, one of the things I love about a TV newsroom, especially towards the end of my time at Channel 10, just the range in age mm -hmm. from 21, uh, 50s, uh, <laughs> not 50, I'm almost, but it was great. Oh, I learned so much. And we were, I was assigned to be a mentor mm -hmm. to some of the younger reporters um, and, and anchors. They mentored me just as much. I learned so much about social media, but just the conversations we have, but we would always laugh at the younger staff members in our newsroom. Like, is anything private anymore? Yeah. Like really, like is anything private? And like John Becker and I, we'd always mm -hmm. talk about, like, oh, well it's posted here. It, it just, yeah. just a different mentality and right. different generation. But I do think there is a way to stay true to yourself mm -hmm. while promoting your work. Exactly. And phrasing, and I think if you focus in those terms, not about me, and even you were asking me about news, uh, we were having a conversation just through text about news kind of transitioning into personal brand. I will tell you, my whole news career, the story was not about me. Mm -hmm. I wasn't a part of the story. I would only do a stand-up if I needed to be demonstrative or add some piece of information that we could not get through sound or video. There's been a big shift, yeah. um, even like the networks now that the celebrity news mm -hmm. and you know everything's about the, the on-air person. There's a balance there. I do think there is a way to tell impactful stories. I think one of the biggest, not struggles for me, uh, decisions, one of the hardest decisions I made, I decided to do a series on infertility at WBIR. I decided to do this because I had personally struggled right. with infertility. When I set out to do this series, I had secured four different women who were willing to share their story. I was not going to share my story. Was not. Yeah. 
And I remember sitting across from these women and they were so brave and just very transparent about mm -hmm. their struggles, their journey. And I just, the back of my head, you gotta tell your story. You gotta, but that was so unnatural right. for me. Yeah. And I think it was powerful because I did. I think there, uh, my story resonated with a lot of people. And I think my story resonated too, because I didn't get the happy ending yeah. that a lot of people want. And I, I have people call and will reach out to me just for that. So I think there are times, I think there are moments mm -hmm. that, that it can be informative. And I think, you know, in the, in the news world and in my time at WBIR, we have such a unique connection with people. Yeah. People feel like they know you. Mm -hmm. uh, recently, you know, Abby Ham mm -hmm. talked about her, her having a colonoscopy for the first time. Uh, Heather, you know, the, the mammogram. And mm -hmm. so I think that's part of raising awareness and, and being a community advocate and really reaching your viewers and helping share information. Yeah. And I think those shared experiences do encourage mm -hmm. and educate and help and inform. So I think as, you know, as when it falls in that vein, yeah. um, I, I think it's, it's, it's beneficial. But other than that, you know, and we would do silly stuff there too. Right, but yeah. we had, I remember a couple of my news directors, the story's not about you guys, quit making it about you guys. So mm -hmm. it was always a balance. Yeah. Right. You know, and I had to balance too our harder news shows. I would anchor the 5.30, I would fill in on the evening, six mm -hmm. and 11, and then I anchored an hour long product, news product on 10, yeah. on Fox, excuse me, on Fox. <laughs> at 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> yeah. And so I would have to, often I'm on from four to five, it's, it's live at five at four, typically lighthearted, but on hard news days, it, it turned. Mm -hmm. It was more serious, it was more in-depth interviews. We oh, had I more bet. time. Yeah. I remember one of the shootings, I've covered several, we've had a mall, we've had a church, we've had several school shooting in my time mm -hmm. at WVIR. And it was a breaking news situation. And I remember we got the first responders from the scene. They, they came and sat in our studio mm -hmm. with us. They had just, I think that morning, they had been on the scene. And so it wasn't always light feature fluff. Yeah. You know, it was a show about the community and it had the, the ability to, to breathe and move and pivot. And um, so that, that was fun. But I, I learned to, you know, one moment you have to be serious, the next, you have to be lighthearted, but you also have to allow for spontaneity because that was the best part of the show. But yeah, it's, it's a lot and it's a lot to be mindful of as you guys know. I mean, you know, it's, we also had someone in our ears, you know, a producer mm -hmm. speaking to us through IFB. That was always interesting, yeah. especially when you're doing breaking news coverage and you're getting updates and you're trying to communicate and listen and while you're talking, being composed and talk. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget, we had a, a bus accident, a school bus accident. and. I came back out of the commercial and I'm giving an update. Yes, it's a bus number, da, da, da. Um, this many students, this route. My producer said, that's great. But had started having this long conversation in my ear. What about moms and dads? But what can they do? How can they find their child? And, and so it, it was, a, I, I, you, you learn to juggle level. a lot. And you learn too, when, when you're live on location, narrow your focus when you're at a news conference. And sometimes that's live, yeah. you know, asking your, but, but you're not just there to ask what you're getting information. And I remember during the wildfires 2016 and mm -hmm. November, 2016 in, in Gatlinburg, a lot of our younger staff, this is where you learn from each other, their tweet feed, that's how they were taking notes. 
um, and then they had like notes on their phone too. Mm -hmm. So it was just interesting. It, you know, the, the styles of, of covering and gathering information in the news field have certainly changed. We had the old notebook and, uh -huh. and pen and paper. Uh, so that's, and now gosh, with streaming and everybody's got a phone, everybody can record, everybody can post, everybody can be live, everybody can document. But yeah, it's, it's exciting, mm -hmm. but there's some great responsibilities there too, especially if you are the head of the, a journalist. And how would you say social media changes the way news is today? Do you think that hurts news or do you think that people benefit from that? I think the algorithms uh, can hurt news, mm -hmm. especially if, if, you know, it's, you're only in your echo chamber. Right. You know, if, if you don't get out of that and, and be intentional about hearing different voices and having different news sources. That's my concern. I don't know, sometimes it, especially the way it's presented, the average user of social media, I'm not sure you can always tell if it's credible or not. Right. For instance, my parents, <laughs> they will often call me, oh, well, you write this article. I said, mom, research the source. Yeah. Who, who published this? Okay, go Google. Mm -hmm. And if it says it's, you know, leans left or right, it is not a source of journalism or, you know, or, or news. I do think it, it, it can um, keep you in your narrow focus. I think just the, the algorithms and the way that the information is distributed, mm -hmm. it's strategic. And I do sometimes think that limits open-mindedness and um, informative thoughts. And I don't know, I, I've always liked, I've always been intrigued by people that think differently than me. I'm fascinated. Doesn't mean you're gonna change my opinion, but I like to know, like, wh where are you coming from? And I think we fail to ask the why. Yeah. Not you, it's what do you think? What do you, but why? Right. What led you to that? Mm -hmm. What experience did you have? Who have you met? And you can bring something else to the table. And you know what? It might open my mind. I might be like, oh, I never thought of it in those terms. And I think the more discussion we can have, mm -hmm. I tell my kids all the time, we're more alike than we are different. But it's a very divisive time right now. Everybody's on their phone, on their social platforms. They're only following people that share their ideas, okay. um, you know, so it's, I think it's on all of us to, to be proactive and, and seek out information yeah. and, and, and get the facts. You know, I, that was always my job. I would give you the information. I would give you the facts. I don't tell you how to think about it. Right. And I tell a lot of people all the time, if you were watching a news program and the person on the desk <laughs> that you're listening to, if that person gives you an opinion, it is not a news show. It is an opinionated editorial, but now I think it is hard for the general yeah. public, the average viewer. I, I think it's hard to know the difference. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I just think you have to be careful with the information that you take in, the information that you put out. I think you've got to challenge it. You've got to see if it's credible. And I think that's responsibility lies on all of us. Yeah. And it's going to be interesting. You know, you've got an election cycle coming up. Mm -hmm. um, you've got the war going on. Um, it's different yeah. So information is, is fast and instant and 24 seven, and it's coming at you at all directions. And I think you really have to challenge yourself to be careful what you read, um, question what you, what you read mm -hmm. and, and know the source of your information. Yeah.
Yeah, I feel like false media is such like a prevalent thing now and I will fake media, fake news. Right, (laughs) right. And I feel like with social media, as well as it has its downfalls, I think it is good to get those things right away. I mean, all the time on TikTok, you see a video of somebody at the event that's happening before the news station could even get that coverage. We never had that before. Right, it's like right there. But with that can also become false media and lies and deceptions and because you're not having that anchor report it you're having a vlogger or somebody on social media you know even the pictures and video yeah. you would have to cross check oh yeah every picture every and I don't, I, whatever the breaking news situation is mm-hmm. we're bum, you know in the news station you're bombarded okay. people sending this people right. sending this people sharing this from the scene okay so we would really have to do google searches and and see if the those pictures were legitimate and with ai and photoshop it's gone even crazier you guys use ai a lot i'm curious honestly no okay like i know there's like chat gbt Uh like where you can ask questions Uh and it'll help you with things but i don't really not really personally i do i use it a lot just for inspiration Uh um just because i wouldn't say like i'm creative but when it comes to my writing like i just I, like I say what I want to say and then I'm done. Yeah. And so I, ChatGPT just kind of helps me like, have you thought about going in this angle? And then I'm like, oh, I didn't think about that. Let me research that. I think it could be a great tool for yeah. that. I do, because I think you can, my concern with it, um, you know, is attribution. Mm-hmm. When you're you're putting in all these thoughts, you know, and, and like when I've just played around, um, some of the format, just curious, like giving it, you know, write this, write that. Yeah. And, you know, some of the content, it it's dangerous. Out. It is dangerous, but yeah. I'm also like, where's the attribution? Right. I mean, if it's pulled from the internet and from different thoughts mm-hmm. that we've all submitted, right. you know, so, yeah, it's, I think it, it, it can be helpful. It can be beneficial and, you know, it's here. Yeah. So I think we all are going to have to learn kind of like social media, how, how to embrace it. We need to right. educate ourselves about it. Mm-hmm. How does it work for us? I mean, it goes back to your email thing, how that was scary. Oh, think about it. And now yeah. we got AI. That's yeah. a great example. I mean, it, and it wasn't that long ago, mm-hmm. right? you know, that, that, that things have changed and, and you're going to see rapid change that, that the news industry, even five years. And I remember being, um, my first two stops, I shot and edited, and I'm so glad I did. And that is a big piece of advice. Learn every facet of news gathering, of journalism, stay up on current events, but get involved in your communities too, because that's where your great stories come from. But um, we, first two stops, shot and edited, and I remember coming to, to Knoxville, and there was this thought, oh, you know, pretty soon they're just gonna have multimedia journalists. They're gonna get rid of all the photographers. They're gonna get rid of all the reporters. You're gonna have to shoot, write, edit. And we were like, oh, that'll never happen. And I remember when I first came to Channel 10, I bet we had 15 photographers. And I would argue that was our greatest strength. They were tremendous storytellers. They had great news judgment. They were the first on the scene. They often didn't need us to write. Yeah. They could right. put together content mm-hmm. on their own. And maybe now they have the average news station. I don't know what the count is, but I mean, it, it's drastically decreased from that. And you do see more MMJ, even on the network levels. That's, you know, getting to the point. Um, I think a lot of local stations are probably focusing on MMJs. Mm-hmm. So that, I, but I remember having the conversation, oh, that never happened. That'll never happen. 
it's happening. I mean, you see like network, like I think, um, oh, and of course, I can't think of his name. Some of your network anchors, when, when they gave, go overseas, when they're doing coverage, war stories, whatnot, they're taking a camera themselves. They're shooting, they're editing. Um, and I think that's what's exciting about this whole digital world that we live in. The, the streaming opportunities, the YouTubes, the social media, but then all of the, the rogue, I mean, there are a lot, a lot of ways to get your information out right. now. And I think that's exciting. Like podcast, we, I didn't have a way to do yeah. this when I was your age. I mean, it's great, real. You had to turn experience. on your TV to yeah. find out what's going on. <laughs> yeah, you know. Now you just read the newspaper. Yeah, exactly. have, you all, have you all ever read a newspaper? Uh, I've seen a newspaper. <laughs> oh, really? Is it all on your yes. phone? All on your phone, probably. Yeah, my yeah. grandparents would have it on the table all the time, uh -huh. and I would, yes. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, that's all. You know, right. most people we get our information from our phones. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, I can't remember the last time I probably picked up a newspaper. Yeah. 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 They got cool crosswords, so. Yeah, yeah. And I need to be doing more of those to keep my brain sharp. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, but no, it's so it's 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 an inter exciting time. I will say that it may be scary AI looking at all the, the transitions. Mm -hmm. I yeah. think it's just it's just even like social media to to stay current and to stay up on all the trends and the algorithms mm -hmm. and it's a moving target. Yeah. Things are constantly changing and evolving, and I think the key is you've got to be changing and evolving with it, while staying true to who you are. Yeah. It's what when I in, in my social media class, they say that, you know, it's great. It's always evolving, but it's also terrible because it's always evolving. <laughs> you don't know what it's going to be. And it can be exhausting. Yeah. I mean, it can. Oh, it is. And, and, and I mean, I'll tell you for me, like social media and when it gets to be a chore, I mean, it, it is necessary, but I think if you, you've got to have that balance. You do. You have to have that balance. And I, I always feel like people would ask me on the the really hard news days, you know, how did you process the information? How did you mentally um, heal? Gallivar wildfires, that was tough, but you know, I, I came from a different time in news where thankfully now I think news stations are mindful of mental health mm -hmm. and oh, yes. mindful yes. of the situations that their staff is in, surrounded by, mm -hmm. covering, but we didn't have that. Yeah. So I always, I think, what helped me the most, I would break away. Even on the worst news days, I would, I would follow, but then I would have to have time where I just shut it down and I didn't, because now you can bombard the 24-7 news cycle. Yeah. You can sit and just be glued to the TV. Oh, and it's yeah. constant information, mm -hmm. information, information, yes. information. So for me, mentally, I would just have to just step away, go do something fun, go outside, go be with your mm -hmm. family. Um, because the reality, even on your worst news day, life continues. Yeah. There's a baseball game. There's a football game. There's a theater performance. Mm -hmm. There's a practice. Mm -hmm. People are still working. Um, and I think especially it, it's something when you first get into the news business, there's such a, a tendency to be so consumed by it. Right. You know, and that's where we would say, okay, I want you to go home, go run, mm -hmm. go be with your friends. And then also that that's where I think when you're involved in your community, uh, regardless of where you go, that's one thing I wish I would have done a little more my first two news stops. I was in Hopkinsville and Macon, Georgia. And I knew that it was a temporary stop for me. So I think it kept me from planning roots and really yeah. uh, absorbing all that was around me, you know? So 
I, uh, excuse me. <laughs> that's too good. I, um, that, 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 I think that's great just to, to be in your community and, and that's where your, a lot of your, your great stories, the great issues, that, that's where your good stories come from. Yeah, you know, that are. and an L viewer. And they're personal because you're mm-hmm. in the community and you're surrounded by. And I always say, what do you enjoy doing? Like when we, we would have a new um, reporter, MMJ, photographer move to town, we would sit down in a conference room and say, hey, what do you like to do? All right, well here, let's connect you with boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. There's this, this, and this. And then, you know, I'm really big on service. I'm yeah. really big on uh, philanthropy. And that was another question. What do you, what do you like? What, you know, what are your passions? What, what are you interested in as far as helping and serving? Mm-hmm. And I think that, that, that was always important to us mm-hmm. and, you know, certainly important when I was at WBIR and as a, you know, a station as a whole. Awesome. Um, so talk, a, you mentioned a little bit, uh, just kind of having that work-life balance, mm-hmm. but talk about being a mother and a journalist. <laughs> how, how did you balance all of well, this? Well, you know, kinda and I, let, let me preface, non-stop. I'm stepmom, and I only say that because my kid's mom and uh, dad are super involved, you know, but mm. I missed a lot, I will be honest, working night side. I worked a night side schedule, but I always had a tremendous example in Robin Wolfleet. Robin Wolfleet, two children, they have graduated from college. She worked nights her entire career. The way she managed as a mom and made sure her family came first and did her best to balance. I mean, what is balance? It doesn't exist, but you right. do the best that you can, especially as females. You know, we want to, sorry, no offense, but you, <laughs> you have to have you know, all these roles. Um, but she would be up at, she'd get off the air, what, 11.30, would go home, she was up at like six, getting her kids ready, helping them transition to school. Um, it's, it's tough, it's, it's hard. Men, women, working, uh, it, you know, cause my husband's super dad, he's involved in everything. And it, it, again, it's a balance, okay. but you have to make that priority. For me, it was tough cause working nights, you miss, you miss a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember Robin had to take off to, to go to a, a tennis match to see her son. I would have to I'd go to a little bit of the football game and then head back. So that that's challenging. And there are a lot of examples right now on TV. They, they do it and they do it well. Abby and Heather, yeah. um, Leslie. And I, and I always say, especially with the, when you talk about a, a working mom, I think more and more companies are realizing the skill set that brings to the, the workplace and um, you know being able to, to manage a lot at once, mm-hmm. um, being masters of time management yeah. because you only have a little bit of time right. to get things done. But even when I was like there at the studio, like Abby and um, Raya, like they would, it would be down to the second. So I'm like, y'all are not in place. Like you're stressed. Oh, like, oh, got plenty of time. Like oh, we got we have a minute. We have five, plenty of time. Five, oh like, yeah, that's fine. What? Hey, you would be shocked, but you can. Yeah, I mean, it's a long time. In oh, it is. Uh, well, now room. when people ask me to, to speak, I'm like, how long? And they're like, how about 20 minutes? 20 minutes, sure. I mean, we were uh, just a minute and a half, three minutes. I could tape something right now, and it would either be a minute and a half or three. That was just my brain was yeah. wired. It still is wired mm-hmm. to meet those time deadlines. But yeah, I mean, it's tough. Any profession, though, I think is, is hard. Uh, being a, a, a parent, balancing work home, I am realizing now that I've stepped away from news, what I did, I, I see what I missed right. and I'm grateful for the opportunities to 
to be around now. Does mm -hmm. that mean I, I regret? No, I don't regret. I wouldn't change it. I love my journey. Um, I love the, the people that I've met along the way, the experiences that I've had, the people I've interviewed, mm -hmm. uh, the big stories, the big coverage. And, and I got in TV kind of the downslide of TV's heyday. And we would go, I mean, I remember we would have a road show with a satellite truck and you'd have three or four photographers, you'd have two or three producers, you'd have two or three reporters, you'd have your anchor team. It was impressive now, you know, toward the end. And for the for bigger stories, you would have a few more people, but often for a live shot, it was myself and a photographer. And now MMJs oftentimes will run their own yeah. live shots. But yeah, I look back, I mean, I'm, I'm proud. I'm proud of the, the content that, that we shared. I'm proud of our coverage. Um, I'm, I'm so thankful for the people that I worked with, just some top-notch professionals, talented. Mm -hmm. But one thing I'm trying to do, and I, I hope you all want to do this too, always remain curious, be curious, keep learning. And you're going to have to. It's, I mean, do you, I mean I'm, I'm learning all these platforms. I'm trying to learn all this software. And a lot. <laughs> you know, my generation, you know, no one taught us how to use Outlook and Google mm -hmm. and all these different software, like the PowerPoint presentations and yeah. building your website. and. We, yeah. we didn't have that. And even right. like, oh, you use Google as a verb. Like, if you don't know something, you Google it. Google it. Oh, yeah. I Google it all the time. Uh -huh. Thank God for YouTube. There's yeah. a video, <laughs> a know. tutorial. I mean, you just, you uh -huh. name the topic and you'll you find it. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So you talked a lot about a balance and... I don't know that I answered your question though. But <laughs> <laughs> no, you did. No, I, I think you've answered it and you've honestly answered it authentically because like you said, there is no real balance. And that's yeah. what I want to ask is when you have the time off, how do you turn off that journalist brain? Because I feel like as journalists, we're just constantly going and we're always looking for a story. Step away from your phone. But even from like, yeah. from that, like. Well, see, remember I'm a different generation too. I think it's right. easier for me to, to put the phone down and I also have a 17 and a 15 year old and I'm trying to model, mm -hmm. yeah, put your phone down, yeah. turn it off, look around you. We took a trip to California and there's this beautiful scenery flying by and they're doing this. Mm -hmm. We're walking down the street and they're doing this. You're missing what's happening around you. Right. And as a journalist, that's important. Right. Look around you. Mm -hmm. Be intentional. And those stories are there. They're, they're all around you. And also, I think it's important. I always will tell people, gloom and doom news is so harsh. It is. It's, it's happening. It's real. But there's also good news happening all the time. There is. It's all around you. There is. It's, it's the bad news gets, it's the coverage and, and it should. But I think that's how I always process it. Mm -hmm. You know, switch your per perspective sometimes mm -hmm. too. Um, yes, that's a bad story. It's a bad news day. It is a horrific event that has happened to the family, to our community. It is awful. Um, but then to keep in mind that, that there are so many good things each day, so many good people. So you, you have to be intentional about keeping that balance in your mind. Right. I have a very strong faith, so that helps yeah. me. Um, and, and, you know, I've, I've interviewed so many people and I see it. You know, I, I think like my shift and what I'm doing, I'm trying to be intentional. I'm trying to be intentional with my conversations. I'm trying to be intentional with, with what I fill my mind with, uh, what I focus on. I'm trying to be aware 
I really be aware. Like what, what's around you? We, we, we're in such a hurry, such a hurry. We miss so much. Right. Even you know, just our daily walk from here, from your dorm or from your apartment, just here, um, just, just stay mindful, be aware, and, and take the time for people. Mm-hmm. It matters. And as a journalist, you learn that the listening part, we focus so much on writing, editing, and shooting. Be a good listener. And, and that's important. You know, I think about with uh, news conferences, information's coming in quick. You better be able to, to hear that and then ask the appropriate follow-up mm-hmm. question. So, I mean, it, it is a skill set, but even in our daily conversations with people. Right. But yeah, you just, you know, I mean, news is hard. It is. The subject is hard. Um, and you, you just have to make sure your, your mental health is a priority and you have to do things that, that refuel you, that make you happy. You have to shift your focus at times, you know, the, the, the blessings around you. Yeah. But yeah, that, that, that's important when, when you're balancing really hard these days. And you know, for me, you come home from a, to your family and there's a lot waiting at home. So <laughs> it was, I felt like it was right. easier at times I've, I've got to do laundry. I've got to do this. Mm-hmm. We've, you know, we're going to have dinner, you know, it's right. Life goes on. Life so goes, goes on. on yeah. yeah. Life goes on. But yeah, I think it's something that everybody struggles with and, and you know, you should feel, mm-hmm. I think if, if you're in this business and, and you're desensitized and, and these horrid things don't affect you, mm-hmm. I think that's an issue. Yeah. yeah you do. It's, you know, I, I equate it to kind of like a, a doctor, like a, a ER staff. I mean, think of what they process, think of what they see. They have a right. job to do. It's an important job. Journal, it's, it's an important job that journalists have. They are documenting, they are questioning, they are presenting information, mm-hmm. they are informing community. All of these things are important, but it's just kind of like that clinical. I remember 9 11. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was working in uh, Macon, Georgia, 9 11. I saw the, the news cross TV stations. I'm watching all the networks. Being a, a news reporter, mm-hmm journalist pick up the phone say all right I'm coming in it's 9 30 I work night side but I knew I knew I was needed so I get to the station my uh, station manager said go to the emergency management meeting go cover it we were uh, somewhat under I mean not risk but but high awareness because we were our proximity to the CDC in Macon it was you know the CDC was just south of Atlanta there was also an air base, Air Force Base, Governor um, Robbins within our coverage, our market, and the refueling unit there was refueling the fighter jets that were protecting the airspace mm-hmm. on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. So there was there was tight security measures. Yeah. Everybody was on high alert. And I remember I go to the emergency management meeting. This was like at 10, I come back, I immediately walk in the newsroom, sit on a stool and I'm on camera. And then, yeah, I wish the whole day you're just going. You're you're not really thinking. You, you're just going. right. Your emotions are put to yeah, the side. Yeah, you can't. You cannot focus. You have to kind of compartmentalize and kind of lock that in a, a file cabinet. Mm-hmm. And then I finally got home. I think at like two a.m., two or three. I sat on my couch and I just cried because you have to allow yourself yeah. to feel. Yeah. You have to release that emotion. You do. You can't bottle it. You can't carry it with you. You have to find your outlet and your way to to release and then recharge and rest at some point, yeah, <laughs> which is also hard. It's hard, yeah. In news, but it's fun. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't change my journey at all. It's exciting. Um, every day was different. I met so many people. I've told so many stories and I've learned so much. Yeah. 
along the way and I hope to continue doing so. Yeah, I've definitely learned a lot today. Well, I hope, so, I hope. I yeah. You're continuing on doing it. That's a wrap for this week's episode of Living on Rocky Top. I'm Adela Rosa. And I'm Carson Hoagland. And we'll see you next time. Thank you.